Blog Talk Radio. With God's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer, we bear witness that there is no God but God, and we bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of God. This is your host, your blog talk radio host, John Nasheed. This is a new mind development project broadcasting from the beautiful city of New Rochelle, New York, every Thursday at 4 p.m. And as always, we welcome you on our program, and uh, may God continue to bless you and your family. Our website is nm-dp.com. That's New Mind Development Project, and you can check us out there. Uh, We are going to be talking about uh, this afternoon, uh, Imam Warren P. Muhammad. I think it's very important that we always have something to say about Imam Warren P. Muhammad, especially when we're talking about Islam in America. Islam in America by establishing on the sacrifices of African American, indigenous African American uh, people in this country, former slaves, plantation slaves. Uh, in the darkness of America and accepting the great light that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, blessed us with, which is the Holy Quran, and also blessing us with a leader, Imam Muhammad Muhammad, to uh, give us that information in the right light, you know, studying the language and uh, commentary of Imam Muhammad Muhammad. Uh, Imam Warrant Muhammad from 1975 to 2008, quite natural. I can't cover, you know, that much history in one half hour, but I just wanted to make some points, you know, so we can keep the thought in our mind and we can go to the computer and we can Google Imam Warrant Muhammad, W.D. Muhammad, uh, and so much information on the computer. Also, there are websites. Uh, one of those websites is uh, New Africa Radio. It has uh, writings, articles by Imam Muhammad. It also has uh, lectures. And I believe there's also some videos that you can look at and audio that you can listen to. And another website is Language Commentaries of Imam Excuse me, language commentaries of W. Dean Muhammad. And uh, I, I believe it's over a thousand articles that he had written over his lifetime, going all the way back to 1975 till his passing up in 2008. And uh, history is best qualified to reward our research. So if we want to know something about Islam, we want to know something about the establishment of a Muslim community, many different Muslim communities here, but specifically we're talking about an African-American community established by African-American people, African-American leadership, and I think we should investigate that. And I'm not saying that to separate us, I'm just stating a fact. And a fact is a fact, and that's documented in history. You know, Imam Warathi Muhammad, I first met Imam Warathi Muhammad in Harlem, uh, where he came to a gathering, a FOI class, in 1975. 
at the Temple Number no. 7 on 116th Street and Lenox Avenue. And today that's the famous, uh, world-famous mosque, uh, Masjid Malcolm Shabazz, named after the great uh, Malcolm X, Al-Hajj Malik Al-Shabazz. And that's at 102 West 116th Street in Manhattan. Uh, he came actually as a vessel bearing a light in a dark place. And, you know, for us to better understand the dark place that we're talking about, we go back in 1975 in Harlem, and we're dealing with many, many different kinds of problems, drugs, mainly drugs, heroin. And uh, he brought a light to that dark place. And, you know, I remember very clearly I was in attendance there when Imam Muhammad started to speak. And many of you who know the old nation of Islam under the leadership of Elijah Muhammad, you know, we conducted business in a kind of strange way. You know, we weren't following Islam proper. We didn't follow the Quran and the traditions of Prophet Muhammad of 1,400 years ago proper, but we were being prepared to prepare to follow Quran and example of Prophet Muhammad. And we know in 1975, Dr. Muhammad, the leader of the Nation of Islam, he passed, and Imam Warthi Muhammad had came to Harlem just before his passing. And uh, when he came, he came preaching the old language, but he was preparing us for the new language. And we know his father passed away and Imam Wadi Muhammad uh, took over the leadership at a Savior's Day in Chicago where we go for our annual convention and he was hoisted by the leadership in our community throughout the country upon their shoulders recognizing him as the new leader. And him coming to Harlem as I mentioned, he was coming or bearing a vessel bearing a light. And this was a very bright light in a very dark place. And as I mentioned earlier, better understand uh, his presence. You know, first you really have to understand Harlem in 1975. Alcohol, drugs, joblessness, broken families, gambling, you know, the worst kind of ignorance and fear and lack of motivation and all of those kinds of things were going on. You know, the leadership was quite nasty, and most African Americans were corrupted, self-interest, and things of that nature, and attention was not being paid to the principle, which is the people in the community. So he brought a light and brought that light into that dark place, and quite nasty, 116th Street is where he deposited the light. And uh, many, many different things transpired after the uh, imam left Harlem and started making his travels throughout the uh, world, throughout the uh, nation, uh, Muslims in our community throughout the nation. Many different things transpired. 1975, Harlem, a light in a dark place. Temple number seven was actually the home of the FOI in the Nation of Islam, not only FOI, but also the women, which was called the MGT, their home 
and Imam Muhammad Muhammad's message was designed to create a transition from that mentality or that mindset at that time, which is the nation of Islam, and bring the membership out of that nation of Islam and transition them very, very gradually into Al-Islam proper. And actually, if you really look at it, if you study our community, you see that that transition is still going on. Some people in from from that period of time back in 1975 are still stuck in 2012, still stuck in the old nation of Islam mentality, although they're out of the building, but nonetheless, they're not out of the mentality. And uh, quite nicely, God is the best knower. And as I mentioned earlier, Abulaj Muhammad's death, uh, the Savior's Day that took place, uh, uh, February, every February 26th, and this particular one was February 26, 1975. And at that particular time, the new leadership was established. And this was a this was a momentous uh, occasion that took place because just imagine the people who have been living a life for years and years and years, the cultural life, the practice of that life for so many years, and then the interruption. You know, sometimes if we don't be very careful, when leaderships die, you know, a whole lot of problems come about. A big fight for leadership you know, the mindset of the people, the depression and things of that nature. But Imam Wardi Muhammad, and I believe that many of us realize him being a natural leader for the benefit of saving the community and uh, uh, performing a, a transition for that community. And we believe that it was a blessing from God because there was no fight for power in the leadership it was very clear that Imam Wadi Muhammad was the leader. And the transition or how he brought about the movement from the old dark period of the nation of Islam into the light was uh, masterful. And we have many people who have made comments. I remember once talking to Malcolm X's wife, Sister Betty, and she mentioned how Imam, the job that he did in bringing the community from the nation of Islam into Islam was a masterful job because she knew the mentality of the people of the nation of Islam. So we bear witness that God was most certainly with him. And day and night he prepared lessons and he created language to bring us out of the old mentality into a whole new mentality. And we're products of that. We can testify to the greatness of his work, and we thank God for blessing. And quite now, you're always going to have problems, and you're going to have students who think they know more than the teacher, but nonetheless, in the end, everyone must bear witness that Imam Warathi Muhammad was the teacher and the leader who led the people out of darkness into the light, and uh, we thank God for blessing him. And his tools were the Quran, the Word of God, and also the example of our dear Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him. He utilized these tools, and he thought his thinking was in Quran, and his character 
he was emulating that character of our dear Prophet Muhammad. And uh, no one, I believe he was a little from the time Prophet Imam Muhammad was a young boy, the time he was a student in school and a young minister under his father, no one had anything negative to say about Imam Warren Muhammad. And that's not my love for him saying that. It's documented. And this is why I say study the documents. And we know Imam Warren Muhammad was always an honorable individual. And when God blessed him to show him the way, his heart, he mentioned to us on many occasions that his heart was never prepared to accept a man as God. Farad Muhammad, Imam Warren, Muhammad constantly mentioned he called him his savior or our savior. Imam Warren Muhammad would, would never accept that. Uh, out of the love for his father, and I believe he was waiting for his time to really give what God gave him, that light that he had locked up in his breast. But he never would disrespect his father, and he never would accept, accept Farad Muhammad as the, his savior or the savior of the people in the nation of Islam. He had all, I recall him mentioning that Farad Muhammad was, he said, his savior. He saved Abulaz Muhammad, but he was most certainly not the savior for Imam Warthi Muhammad. Allah is God. And uh, every time that he rejected that, he was put out from the community. And I believe that was on three occasions. And quite uh, nasty God is the best knower. And he even had to go to prison for his beliefs. You know, he went because of his father. His father went to prison and quite naturally many members from the community who were faithful and truthful they went to prison also with him for failure to go into the draft or actually to uh, carry a draft card, not even to go into the war. And many of these were old people, but nonetheless, this is what he did. So Imam Wadi Muhammad taking over the leadership, a new leadership, one of the first things he began to teach us, and this is why and how I can see the sincerity in him looking back, because the first thing he taught us was one of the most important things for a Muslim to know and understand, Tawheed, the belief in the oneness of God, Akidah. If we have the right perception or right concept or right understanding of God, right now we don't see God, but we know that there is no God besides God, and God is, exists. And matter of fact, everything in his creation, everything he created, belongs to his oneness because everything is connected and related. That's the beauty of it. So if we understand this universe, which means oneness, one verse, if we understand that, then it becomes a little more easier for us to understand the workings of God's creation because it's one. And everything is related and connected. He also taught us Tawheed. Talk about Imam Warthi Muhammad. Tawheed, the teachings of Tawheed. And Tawheed means to have a regardfulness of God. This is a state of the heart. You know, a purified heart becomes God conscious. And this God conscious, we say, it's the fear of God. 
But it's not fear of uh, frightened of God. It's fear to displease God. And that's the state of the heart. So it's a conditioning process. And we develop that tarheen by our ibadah, our worship. And everything that we do that is good is worship. That's Muslim life. You know, we just don't say prayers and that's our worship. That's the end of it. You know, when we smile or have a pleasant word uh, with good intent, that's worshiping God. Every good action is worshiping God. So these are the things that he taught us. And he taught us for long, 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 long periods of time. I mean, within the day. Sometimes he would give talks. I believe it was like six hours maybe, six, seven hours. And most of us, or none of us, I should say, truly understood what he was talking about at that time. But we patiently sat under him and we listened. And later on, quite nicely, the seeds that he planted began to take root and began to grow. And then our understanding became clearer and clearer and clearer. You know, patience is an attribute, a very powerful uh, attribute for individuals who patiently, patiently perseveres. You know, you don't give up. You trust the leader, and you listen to the teachings, and you don't give up. Now, the very difficult part, the more difficult part was for us, the ones who were in the Nation of Islam in 1975. Some of us, like myself, I came in the 60s, 66, 67, and our minds were conditioned by the language of the nation of Islam. The kind of kind of language that uh, didn't we weren't free under that language. We were actually servants of that cause. But the language that Imam Morthy Muhammad was giving us was going to be a language that would free us. But first of all he had to empty out that vessel of the old language of the nation of Islam. And he did it by many means. See, Imam Wadi Muhammad wasn't only an imam or a teacher or a Muslim or a leader in that respect. He, he was a scientist because he used psychology. He had to use serious psychology to break the dress code that we had, to break the language code, to break the fish force. I remember once somebody had asked him, well, imam, what happened to the fish force? He said, we threw it back in the water where it belongs. Because we know many of us who were there at that time, we know the burden that the fish force had on many of us, the papers and things of that nature. Very difficult burden that we were carrying. And we were carrying it for the benefit of some while the masses suffer. And uh, God knows best. And we know that the nation of Islam is still going on, but I'm not talking about that nation of Islam, the break in the nation of Islam happened in 1975 when Imam Wardi Muhammad took over the leadership. That was actually the end of the nation of Islam. Minister Farrakhan was with Imam Wardi Muhammad for a couple of years, I believe. He was a Imam under Imam Wardi Muhammad, and he came to Imam Wardi Muhammad. And he wanted to leave and go back and restart what he calls the nation of Islam. So these are two separate entities here. There was a break in uh, 
far as far Minister Farrakhan was concerned, and he went back and he started the Nation of Islam for his interests, whatever that may be. I'm not going to speculate, but for whatever it's going to be. And we see signs of transition in the Nation of Islam under Minister Farrakhan. But the biggest problem any Muslim would have anywhere in the world is when we associate partners with God. We can't do that because, as I mentioned earlier, the first thing Imam Wadi Muhammad taught us, that Farad Muhammad is not God. He said Allah is God, and he taught us Tawheed, or the belief in the oneness of God, and also God consciousness. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Moral teachings. This is very important, you know, because in order for an individual to be a Muslim, he can't be a terrorist, he can't be a hustler, he can't be a scammer. He has to be pure at heart. And as long as we're pure at heart, then Allah accepts our prayers. Moral teaching, moral according to God, not moral according to man, but morals of uh, and ethics according to the Creator, our Lord, Allah, God, Allah, who is Rabbil Alameen, meaning that He is the Creator, the Nourisher, and Sustainer of life. And also, one another thing that was very important to bring us or bring our mindset out of the old slave mentality and also out of the nation of Islam was the changing of names. In other words, my name at one point was, slave name was Bracey, my, my family name. That was a master's name down in South Carolina, Lina, where my people are from. And then I changed my name in the nation of Islam under Elijah Muhammad, and my name became John 90X, put an X, X meaning that I gave up the slave master's name because I no longer wanted to use a slave master's name, and I put an X there, meaning I didn't know what my name was. An old family member or anybody came from Africa and said, hey, John, this is your name. I didn't have a name, so I took an X. That was the wisdom of Dabalaz Muhammad, Fahd Muhammad. And then Imam Warthi Muhammad comes along, and he said that we should take a good name, it's a suggestion. He didn't demand it. He said, if you keep your name, well and good. But he suggested that we take a good name, a name from the Quran, just not an Arabic name. Sometimes people say he took an Arabic name. But it's just not an Arabic name. It's the, the name, good names in Arabic, uh, under following the, the leadership of uh, Prophet Muhammad. And many of the attribute names like Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, uh, also names like my name, Nasheed, uh, Salahuddin, and many of these beautiful, beautiful names that has a description or has a meaning or something that we can live up to. Now, by taking those names, what we did was we killed our slave past and also we killed the nation of Islam past meaning that we don't know. Now we know. And in my family now we have, I believe it's four generations of Nasheed and uh, a name that is respected. I mean, if you don't put any work in your name, then quite naturally 
name is not going to be respected. Imam Warthi Muhammad, a Muhammad name, his name, Imam Warthi Muhammad, his name lives through our names. And because we are a product of Imam Muhammad. And Imam Muhammad was a product of Prophet Muhammad. And that name, Muhammad, is the most respected name on this planet Earth. In Christian, Muslim, or any religious or cultural lifestyle on this planet Earth, they all know Muhammad. Alhamdulillah. The organizational structure, organizational structure that was established uh, in before his passing in 2008, uh, he emptied, emptied out the nation of Islam from his followers, his true followers, those who paid strict attention to him. I mean, we didn't have the problem with the nation of Islam, left facing, right facing, you know, things that we uh, were actually conditioned it was ingrained in us. It was we were conditioned to think and act uh, as we did in the nation of Islam. Uh, he emptied us out, and he had eliminated all authorities and national structures, like we had organizational structures where we had lieutenants um, under Imam Wadi Muhammad. We had sections where we had section imams and regional imams and national leadership and things of that nature, he eliminated all of those things, that natural structure. And actually, before he passed in 2008, he resigned as an imam over us. He said he would not be responsible. He would not be responsible for our lives. We would be responsible for our own lives. And that was the greatest thing that could possibly happen because he set us free. He set us free to follow the Quran and the life example of Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him. And then he turned us loose in the world as newborn babies. Now we have to go out and start struggling to understand our place in the world and actually sharing what God has blessed us looking out for the betterment of all human beings on this planet Earth. And this is exactly what we're doing. And each individual, every Muslim individual, don't think alike like we did in the nation of Islam. We all have different expertise that we're going out in the world as babies. Some are developing foods and some of us are developing clothing proper clothing for Muslims, proper foods for Muslims. We have a very in, in, uh, enlightened individuals who know the Quran, who know Arabic, who have deep insight into that. They're pursuing that and writing books and things of that nature. Builders who are building houses, halal foods and schools and education. and Whatever your expertise is, you have the freedom today to go about and exercise that. And Imam Warthi Muhammad prepared us. And we thank Imam Warthi Muhammad. And actually we thank Farad Muhammad. May God forgive him his sins. We thank the Allah of Muhammad. May God forgive him his sins and grant him paradise. We also thank Imam Warthi Muhammad and all of the followers who came 
under their leadership. And may God uh, bless them and forgive them their sins. And Imam Warthi Muhammad was buried in Chicago September 11, 2008. And we continuously pray for uh, the great blessings of God that they be upon him and our dear Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We pray for him and all of his companions. And may God continue to bless us all. Peace.